Open up your books, you bad apples. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bad Apple Book Club podcast. This is Lucas Nord. And this is Cole Lang. And Cole, we've been talking about it for weeks, or maybe actually like a week. I've been reading it for a month and a half. Uh, we are finally here to talk about a big boy book. Not that, uh, as regular listeners may remember, not that The Turn of the Screw wasn't a big boy book, but this is a beefier big boy book. And I might even say that even though this book has turned out to be a little, uh, not too awful to read, um, it's a little tough just because of the dialect of the time or whatever, I suppose. But one thing that can be said for sure is that this book is legible. Oh yeah, I agree. A lot more legible than a lot of our past past books. Yes, not only legible, but a gothic classic. Oh yeah, R- Rob Zombie, Dragula. Um, we're going to be going all into it. We're going to be crashing and burning, uh, ditches, all of that. And catch this at the release of this episode. It'll be a one year of bad apples. One year to the day. One year to the day. Are you kidding First me? First episode was released January 14th, June 2020. 14th? And look look how far we've come. A lot of books later. I've lost count. We are back this week to start a big old series on Bram Stoker's Dracula. Who could forget it? Oh, yeah. Yep, we did our preamble, and now yep. we're ready to, ready to eat. Yeah, honestly. Uh, I'm ready to gorge because... We already talked about Bram Stoker's life uh, in the last episode. Basically, his real name was Abraham. Um, and then he wrote a story about vampires, and then he died. Uh, that was just a little rundown for anyone that didn't listen to that episode last week, even though if I do say so myself. Uh, we're just getting better by the week. So if, if you didn't listen to that one, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, it has the history of vampires and... Pretty interesting stuff, gotta admit. Yeah, are you ready to learn a little bit about Dracula, or I guess start Dracula, our series? We're doing things a little bit different this time. Uh, yeah, let's let's get to talking about Jonathan Harker and uh, you know Dracula and Mina. Let's just get to talking about everyone and their extensive daily journals. <laughs> Maybe a little too extensive and uh, very articulate. Yes. Um, so Dracula is actually a series of journal entries and letters. And our first point of view is from a man named Jonathan Harker. And he is writing to his love, his fiance. Nina. Let me just get out of the way real quick. Jonathan Harker is probably one of the coolest, uh, one of the coolest names in fiction I've ever heard. I like it, Jonathan Harker. Yep. Uh, Hark. Hark. Yep. yep a little lighthouse uh, reference there. If you know, you know. Yep. Uh, so Johnny Boy, he is gallivanting around europe you know he is uh 
just enjoying all the sights. He's gone through Germany. He's gone through Austria, and he's he's going through all these different cool countries. And along the way, he's like jotting down recipes. He's taking note of the culture and everything. And he mentions that during his time in London, where he's from, he has researched extensively into a region called Transylvania. And this is all to get a background on his newest client, who goes by the name of Count Dracula, who wants to, you know, he's in the market. He wants, he, he wants to get involved in real estate in London. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, basically this dude is, um, he's like a, his, his title is a solicitor, but basically he is doing the legal work to get, uh, a house for Count Dracula and he is about to, you know, soften him up at, at this meeting in Transylvania. So that's so crazy too. the idea of traveling all the way from his country of origin too well i guess i can't even pretend to know how far it is from england to transylvania or whatever but making that whole trip just to be like here's your paperwork buddy yeah it's well from germany well i guess everything's by car now so i can't re- i can't really uh you don't know how quick it travels. is to get you don't know how quick <laughs> it is to get place to place by stagecoach um if it was an option on google maps uh <laughs> i could give you an estimate but uh what about this walking? would take probably about oh, three months man. of walking you think yeah, yeah okay. a couple months i'd say yep um yep but um yeah and you know it took a whole pandemic to make people realize that maybe we don't have to go to business meetings in person uh you know maybe we can do this little zoom thing a little bit of silver lining it. Hey, yeah. not that I've ever had to go to court, fortunately, but if I did, I would much prefer to do it, you know, sitting in my boxers on the couch, talking to the judge about, you know, whatever, car Same. theft or something like that. I probably yep. won't steal a That car, goes but... for everything. Podcasting. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I don't have to fly to the States every weekend. Hey, but wouldn't that be fun? There will be a day one time when we'll be sitting in the same room talking about these books, and it'll be really weird. One day. One day. So, uh, Count Dracula, he has basically laid out this route for Jonathan. Uh, and so he's like, you know, go to this hotel in Bestreets, Romania. And so once he arrives, he meets the innkeepers who are just very welcoming, uh, just so nice. And they give him a letter that... Uh, that's from Dracula that welcomes him to the Carpathians. So Dracula, he's already uh, prearranged all this stuff. And he, so basically he's in this, just imagine like a wooded forest, but it's also like a mountain range. So it's a very wild place. It has a large population of bears, wolves, lynx, and all that so it's uh also very dangerous if you stray a little bit too far off the path and not to spoil it for anyone but being that dracula is the bad guy uh once again sorry if anyone didn't know that um it's pretty interesting to see right up front how meticulous he is with everything having jonathan's entire route 
pretty much planned out like down to the down to the minute you know what i mean i'll send a stagecoach this day and then you'll go here and stay for the night and then there will be another one there at you know the crack of dawn the next day and you'll just keep on moving i got this whole thing figured out because i got nothing but time buddy yeah it's like a uh morrowind quest or something you know mm. or maybe oblivion i played a little bit of morrowind but oh my god that is hard to get into I believe <laughs> it. uh but yeah instead of getting a waypoint you get letters and stuff like take a left at this rock oh um, weird yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah exactly it's uh, very interesting dracula is a man with a plan unlike our antagonist in the Dark Knight, Joker, who is a man without one. Hey, man. Uh, but who's to say that his plan was to not have a plan? Ooh. That's deep. That Thank you. That is very deep. Thank you. Yep. So, um, yeah, he's going to be staying here for a couple days. Uh, or, no, he's going... Basically, Dracula, he has Jonathan's travel ready for the next couple days and um so the next morning when he's about to leave the innkeeper comes in and she just starts begging her begging john not to go to dracula's castle (laughs) and he's just like all right lady like what's your reasoning and uh she's like oh it's the it's the saint it's the eve of saint george's day and she says quote when all the evil things in the world will have full sway. Awesome. I mean, that's not a good thing, but it sounds pretty cool. The se- yeah, the setup of this story is just amazing. If this isn't a like bad omen, I don't know what is. You know yeah. what I mean? Especially think of like um, the how creepy that is mixed in with like the culture shock of being so far from home completely alone i just imagine like my sweet old german neighbor who's like 90 years old and he's just seen it all um and he's like he's walking around every day he's gardening every day he's just so sweet and i just imagine if he came by he's like don't go outside on uh mitvok uh, wednesday i'm not going i'm not going outside Mitvok. You know, Mitvok. Yep. That's fun. It is assist Mitvok, mein Kerle. Would you, if he told you not to go outside, like, hey man, just just a heads up. You know, I've been around the block a time or two. I'm just gonna let you know yeah. that you do not want to step out after after sundown tomorrow. Would you be like, you know what? I got no idea what he's talking about, but I'll probably listen to him. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but more than likely, it's just gonna be. Um, you know the the trash the trash isn't being picked up tomorrow uh, uh, <laughs> you know it's like really stinky outside yeah because <laughs> uh, they love talking about the trash here uh it's it's crazy um huh. all my neighbors have to remind me really uh, take out the trash on mitvok that's why i know it <laughs> wow that's really funny. uh mitvok yeah he basically this lady she's like freaking out and she's like you know don't don't go outside tomorrow. Um, it's Saint. It's the eve of Saint George's Day, and Saint George's Day is a uh, holiday celebrated in many European Christian uh, countries. Uh, but at the time in Romania, all evil spirits would gather all their power the night before, 
St. George's Day because on the holiday itself, basically no evil spirits would have power on Earth. So uh, this was the night to have way too much fun, these little evil spirits. Um, so And see, that also sounds like, you know, I'm going to be talking out of my ass a little bit here, but that sounds like, I think like uh, one of those kind of holidays in America is like May 1st or something. Walpurgis Noct or something it's called. Like I think it may be the night before May 1st. So would you call that like May Eve or something like that? And I think that it's like uh, kind of got the same idea of uh, everything is crawling out from under its rock to raise a little hell tonight. Yeah. Or I have no idea what I'm talking about. But, you know, I might. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with that holiday, but yeah, just that kind of same concept where, you know, um, it, it's the last day before everything locks down and uh, you're going to have fun. Oh. Um, so the lady, she continues with her breakdown and, you know, Jonathan, he's just kind of chilling the whole time because this is more of a Catholic holiday, I guess, and he's Anglican, so he's a... Uh, you know old style old style yep uh famous denomination in uh england there so he finds a little bit ridiculous but he does take her crucifix necklace mm. um yeah and... that too uh obviously the whole thing is such a big strange mess and we're not even 10 pages into the book or whatever but she's not only begging him to not go out tonight but she's also like okay if you are that at least take like my my potentially cherished family heirloom just to keep you uh, out of harm's way. Like, oh, yep. okay, well, this is a little more than just you know saying, "Hey, man, you might not want to go out tonight." Like, no, please, take my cross with you. I'm begging you because I think that <laughs> yeah. in the book it talks about how she's like next to tears, trying yeah. to get him to stay or whatever. Which honestly, yep. like we were just saying about your neighbors, uh, if someone was. Um, telling me this and i have no idea what's going on and be like all right you know what maybe i will maybe i'll just stay for like another day the count can Mm. wait yeah the count you know um i know you've paid for everything and uh you expect me to be timely but um this is really creeping me out like we we don't know jonathan's future here but we can tell uh it's not gonna be fun (laughs) i'm sure the count is a very understanding man uh well Mm. i guess we'll have to find out (laughs) yeah full disclosure i'm actually i'm about as i'm reading through the book uh right now as we talk about it so i'm a little behind (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm just on this page actually yep um but yeah, so it, a lot of like uh, creepy stuff is going on, and a lot of warning signs. And as he gets on his uh, coach to leave, um, there's a crowd that gathers around him, saying, "Quote, queer words," just like in the in, in like Slavic. So like he's saying, like, yeah, these are some really weird words. Maybe, um, well, basically he translates them. And what they're muttering is like the translations of devil, witch, werewolf, and uh, vampire. So it's, Hell yeah! they're just like in the corner gathering around him and uh, they're just like, you know, witch, witch, devil, devil, werewolf. It's pretty creepy. Uh, vampire. 
So, and as we mentioned in our last episode, vampires have a long history in Romania. So, as the coach departs, the crowd makes the sign of the cross, and a fellow passenger explains that it is protection against the evil eye. So, um, Jonathan, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. You know. No such thing as a bad omen. Yep, exactly. Um, So, as they're making their way through the beautiful mountains, the sun is setting, and John notices multiple crosses and peasants praying to shrines. So, uh, just very nice. It kind of... You know, um, when I went to Bavaria, it, it was it was great. But, oh, my God, those people love Jesus. Uh, and they just chose to put him on the cross everywhere. Like, everywhere you went, on every hike you go on, there's a crucifix. And Jesus is just suffering on it. It's just like you couldn't have chose a better moment, maybe yeah. his birth. Uh, Honestly, or just something better. <laughs> that is. The cross is one thing, but... It is a little morbid to have him hanging off the damn thing. I mean, you know, we could we could have a whole discussion about that, but uh, that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, Bavaria is a very nice area of Germany. Wonderful. Yep, yep. Very uh, mountains and a lot of Jesus. Um, so one more could you uh, ask my for? two favorite things. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, so like very interesting scenery. These peasants are um, obviously, it seems like they're very scared for what's about to happen. And <laughs> once again, um, can't hammer this home enough. Always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. And Jonathan, he's like, you know, nothing can, uh, nothing can touch me in this carriage, right? <laughs> um, I'm going to be completely fine. Yep. So the terrain becomes more difficult. And the passengers are becoming more anxious as the night is coming. As it gets more dark, these people are like, "Um, come on, you know, like, I get it. Um, It's just a single path here, but... um, Don't these horses go any faster? Yeah. (laughs) How much horsepower is on these things? Mm -hmm. Uh, Looks to be about four. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So they get to the destination... For Jonathan, that is, because he's taking a whole separate path. Um, he's just tagging along for the ride for his connecting flight here. Mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> But there's no carriage in sight um, to take Jonathan to his next destination, which will be the castle, Dracula's castle. And so just as he is about to board the carriage again, the horses become startled. And the passengers scream as this random small carriage arrives and it's driven by a tall man and basically his eyes appear red in the lamplight. So, yeah, like they're just hanging out. They're waiting for like maybe 15 minutes and Jonathan is about to get back on. But this almost like ghostly appearance just comes out of nowhere as if uh it's his destiny to go spooky on the carriage that jonathan just got off of one of the passengers says den die toten reiten schnell 
So that is German, and it translates for the dead travel fast. Did you know that before? I mean, I literally I have that page open right now, and I've been waiting for that quote to come up. Uh, did you know that before you read like the translation under it? Um, so I could, I could, um, like kind of make out some of it because ever since Call of Duty, Call of Duty, uh, Kino der Toten, ah. I just re- always remembered. Uh, tot, always it means dead. Oh yeah, and Kino der so, Toten. yep. So toten is plural, and then writing. I I think it sh- should have been risen because risen's travel, and then schnell is fast, oh, okay. which is kind of weird to me because schnell just kind of sounds like snail. <laughs> it does. But, uh, For the yep. dead, travel fast. Yep. Um, and this is actually from uh, a 17th century German poem called Lenore. Nice. Uh, which is about like this uh, dead knight or something. And I, I don't know exactly what it's about, but it's a very famous story and actually a precursor to um, Gothic uh, writings. Um, goth- kind of like Gothic horror, I guess. Rock because, and roll. Um, Edgar Allan Poe actually has a poem called Lenore, uh, but it's it's different. Yep, huh. and so the this new carriage driver he hears this, and he smiles and he reveals sharp teeth. Who so, could this guy be? I you know I what? have no you idea. Like I said. I'm only I'm only ten pages into the book myself, so I'll stop asking questions and just figure it out as we go along. <laughs> yep, Lucas is just taking the back seat of the carriage in this one here. Yep. Yeah. I'm just along uh, for the ride. Yep. Yep. Um, hang tight. We've got some uh, scary times ahead. Wonderful. Yep. So Jonathan he boards the carriage and they continue their journey on this seemingly uh like ghost carriage you know it's just uh very weird and uh while he's in the carriage jonathan is in like a dreamlike state and he feels as if they're just going in circles multiple times as if uh it's just a you know mess with him um so weird and and, yeah, very weird. And to test this, he picks out like uh, maybe a very specific crucifix, <laughs> and he's like, um, "All right, I just saw that." But <laughs> um, yeah, he he basically sees the same thing maybe like three or four times, and Jonathan's very God. put off by this. Just imagine. Yeah, so he's just kind of. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very weird. Like, can this night get any weirder? <laughs> uh, and so he notices that it's midnight and wolves are starting to howl. And this makes Jonathan even more scared. So, and, and then he sees this weird thing in the distance. He sees a blue flame and the driver gets out to inspect it. And he does this to multiple flames along the way, and at one point, Jonathan can see this flame through the driver's body, or he thinks he can. Huh. Like I said, it's kind of a 
delirious state he's in. Strange. So, yeah, very weird. Um, and, and these flames, I think they're just um, like this flame in the distance, but it's very obvious. Um, and so filled with fear, Jonathan now sees the dark and ruined castle in the distance. So he's like, you know what? This was a, this was a good journey, but um, when, when's the next uh, carriage going back to yeah. Uh, London? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, oh, man. Yeah, there's, there's already a lot to discuss here, but we'll probably have to wait till later to talk about it. Yep, so, you know, Jonathan, he, he was uh, having a good time in Europe, but now he is just, the closer he gets to Count Dracula's castle, he is, uh, he's, he's fearing for his life at this point. So, the driver escorts Jonathan off the carriage with his hand that quote actually seemed like a steel vice that could have crushed mine if he had chosen oh yeah so he's this strong this guy uh he's so ir is so stark um he's so <laughs> strong <laughs> Ooh, so strong yeah stark yep and nice. there you go for any game of Thrones fans uh you know there's eddard stark there's the house of stark and stark is strong in german i love game of thrones <laughs> we know lucas this uh we're covering dracula right now but. yeah we are <laughs> um yep 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 it's good stuff though game of thrones it's good yes all right and so um yeah, it's th- there's just something so unhuman about this guy. It's so, so unnatural. It's just this whole trip. And once he is by the main entrance, uh, he is questioning his life choices as he is left waiting with his thoughts for some time. Like We've all been maybe there. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just just enough li- time to sit there and think everything over. That led yeah. you up to that moment. Just enough time to uh, look at the lo- local Ubers in the area. and yep. uh, <laughs> 45 minutes, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah, just as the Uber arrives to pick up Jonathan, um, and it's super expensive because it's late at night, uh, yep. the door unlocks. And uh, before that, he was hearing very heavy footsteps approach the door. Yep. I, I think, like, my mind's a little bit hazy because it, uh, it's been a while since I read the very beginning. But I think, like, he hears the footsteps and he waits for some time before this, before the person behind it opens the door. Um, as if, like, the whole time it just seems like they're trying to play mind games on Jonathan. Right. Um, but the heavy door unlocks... And the tall, pale Count Dracula stands before him, dressed in black, with a long white mustache, and says in, like, uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say it's not good English, because it is good English, but it's as if a robot was learning English, and this is kind of what Count Dracula says. We... So we're going to get into another character probably a couple episodes down the road that also talks 
exactly like that i would think and i can't wait to talk about that but sorry dracula what are his opening lines as far as we know he says welcome to my house enter freely and of your own will oh that's so weird that he uh specifically invites jonathan into the house i think it's interesting because he's like this is your choice to come into my house and it's almost a power play if jonathan goes inside and if we won't forget even though i'm almost positive we didn't talk about it in the last episode um for anyone unaware a big part of vampire lore is that you need to specifically and plainly invite them into your house uh otherwise Mm -hmm. they cannot come in so yeah if there's a vampire at the door you need to say please enter my home but if you don't they just they just gotta hang out yep exactly so i thought that was very interesting um i think uh right off the bat we're seeing that count dracula likes to play uh some games here um and and it's just so like subtle too um it's not like you know just come on in it's like you know I would never go up to somebody and be like, you know, it's your choice to come in my house. I mean, um, that's really creepy. That is pretty creepy. <laughs> Don't say that on your first date. All right. Yeah, literally, um, like, uh, <laughs> enter if you dare. Yeah, <laughs> we got goosebumps on the shelf. Uh, yep. So, um, as Jonathan steps into the house, the count shakes shakes his hand which is also very strong, but, quote, cold as ice, more like the hand of a dead man than a living man. Weird. Yeah, so, um, I just, just a warm welcome here, and then ice-cold handshake, which Mm -hmm. I love, I love that. Um, but despite these warnings, um, the Count his greeting is very warm. Like he's generally genuinely is excited to see Jonathan and inquire about this new estate that he has bought. So, um, yeah, like he, he's, uh, Jonathan, he's like, you know what? This guy is so nice. So nice. I'm going to go inside and they have dinner. So after having a tasty roasted chicken, Mm. Uh, this is just Jonathan, by the way. The Count is just hanging out at the table. Totally, I, totally natural. I just ate before you got here. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you got here kind of late. I was kind of hoping you to be here. Um, maybe not at daylight, but um, a little bit after the when the sun sets. Yeah. <laughs> not midnight. Um, but we, the night is young, so uh, eat up, eat up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that is pretty interesting. Dracula is not eating. He's just, um, he's just talking with Jonathan here and he, Jonathan notices that the count has pale skin, sharp teeth that actually protrude from his lips. So like when his mouth is closed, his canines are actually going over his lower lip. It's just like my cat. <laughs> he's got those little vampire teeth too one in the same Ooh. yep i hope not and he 
you never know. No, you don't. You never know. Um, and he also notices that he has pointy ears. And I just got to say, what's with the stereotypes? This is the exact costume you'd wear on Halloween. Um, but uh, it's actually where this came from. <laughs> and hey, hey, there is another thing for you. You know who else has pointy ears? Um, your cat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, is my cat uh, a vampire? I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, just protect your neck. Hey. Protect your neck. Hey. Yep. As Wu Tang will will uh will tell you. Yep. Advise you. Advise yep. you to protect your neck. <laughs> yep, it's highly advised. Um, yep. and so Jonathan, you know, after this dinner, he's like, you know, my worries are gone away, but now that I take a look at this almost deadly looking man, um, I'm kind of creeped out again. Like I've kind of lost my appetite. Um. And so Jonathan awakes the next morning and he receives a very nice letter. And uh, it's from Dracula saying, you know, this is totally natural. You're going to get used to it, but I'm not going to be around during the daytime. <laughs> so um, I actually weird. really hate the sun. And so Jonathan, he's uh, he just starts exploring the castle and he looks around and, um, you know, that despite having fancy curtains and all these expensive fabrics and decorations there are no servants in sight and there is also no mirrors i still can't pinpoint exactly what dracula is you know um no it's just mind-boggling yes yep um i don't know i guess we'll have to find out um and, and and so he finds a library which is filled with English books and magazines. And uh, the Count enters later that evening. So he basically explains that the books have helped him learn about the language and the city of London itself. He's like, oh, you know, um, Big Ben, you know, that's there. Um, but... Honestly, like it, it's. I, I guess the only way I can put it for Dracula learning English is he's not receiving any help. Like he's just learning from books, and he's a very fast learner. It seems. Um, it's almost like when I am learning German from Duolingo. Like I, I won't have the right pronunciations. Really, I can't form sentences that well. Uh, I'd imagine it's the same thing with Dracula here. He's just learning straight from reading. It's pretty crazy. Um, you hear about he, uh, you hear about people learning a language entirely from like watching TV. SpongeBob. Yeah, like watching that, watching a show with that language. That's so crazy. SpongeBob, yeah. though, that's a good one too. That's a good way to break into English, I would think. Yeah. Yep. Um, that, that, that is, I'd say SpongeBob is more intermediate. I have tried watching a little bit of SpongeBob, but what is very helpful is just like watching kids shows where, um, it's very simple and break broken down. So like maybe, I mean, I, I haven't really been serious about ger learning German lately, but there's some times where I was learning, I was learning through Peppa Pig, um, 
is German, but I had like English subtitles just to try to pick up on the language. But yeah, same concept, same concept. Um, and you know, it's maybe only three uh, episodes of Peppa Pig. Okay, guys. Um, only three. Yep, only three. People might tell you I watched entire seasons of it. And there's a great story arc, but I'm here to tell you that I only watched three episodes. Um, <laughs> Dracula, he is very excited about moving to London because that's what this is all about. Dracula, he's sick of Transylvania and all the wolves howling and all the spooky nights. He is ready to live in the city, um, the city life. Uh, um, actually, before we get off of the reading thing of Dracula too much, real quick, if I could, if I could throw a quote in here real quick that I just... It was one of the standouts as I was reading through this part of the book. Sure. The lamps were also lit in the study or library, and I found the Count lying on the sofa reading, of all things in the world, an English Bradshaw's Guide, uh, which I guess is like a railway thing or something like that, and I like how, uh, once again, that isn't so particularly off-putting, but Jonathan walks in. They've got this giant library of books that the Count's probably been reading one by one to learn English, like you were saying. And yeah, he walks in and catches him reading like a book about railway <laughs> schedules or something like that. It's funny. <laughs> it of reminds all things me, in the world. I, yeah, it reminds me like uh, on Borat, you know, like he, <laughs> this is... This is Dracula's Baywatch uh, oh, magazine man. here, like TV Guide <laughs> magazine. He's like, "Oh, you got you got trains that depart every five minutes instead of uh, once a week." Oh, not a day goes by I don't think about Borat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that is funny. Um, that's some boring reading material, actually. It just I can has, imagine like, all it the... is. <laughs> just has all the train departure times and all that. I just love how it specifically uh, says that too. Reading <laughs> of all things in the world. Yeah, it's actually like a paid sponsorship. The could only be. source of income Bram Stoker or Stoker could got. Uh, I keep on calling him Bram Stoker, but <laughs> Cole. Uh, it just it's more natural than stoker i guess interesting interesting dracula he then asks about the house that jonathan has procured for him and jonathan is surprised that dracula knows a lot about the neighborhood like he has done his research and jonathan he's like you know more than i do (laughs) um dracula is very excited to move to london (laughs) (laughs) he's ready for the fish and chips um and Jonathan, he tells him about the old mansion itself, and it's uh, he's like, you know, you're going to love it. I know the only thing you requested was uh, windows that could be blacked out, um, and this, th- this sucker's got them because it's old, uh, and the it's house, also dusty. <laughs> the house is right next to a hospital. I know you requested that, too. <laughs> yep, and I know you wanted it right between... The insane asylum and an old chapel. Uh, um, so honestly, you know this. The th- more we talk about it, it does sound like a dream house. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I put a little little joke in here, and I said, you know, uh, you know, uh, 
the, you got your old chapel and the insane asylum, but what's the difference? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, just kidding, just kidding. Oh no, that is fun. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's in the, it's in this very old part of London, and it's obviously very creepy. It's obviously it obviously has these uh, very gothic. Um, like stereotypes when it comes to the architecture um just spooky and dracula he you know he just loves the fact that the mansion is old and dark and you know has a slightly bad smell and dracula he loves the fact that the mansion is old and dark and really dingy and he carries the conversation until the break of dawn and he's like, all right, the sun's up, and uh, I got to go. Yep. And he just leaves the room. So very awkward. And Jonathan's like, did we really just spend the whole night talking? Uh, is this his regular sleep schedule? Um, <laughs> he must be uh, going through something. I don't know. Um, so Jonathan, he sleeps for a few hours, and once he gets up, he starts to shave with the assistance of his own mirror. And while he's shaving, he feels a hand on his shoulder and he, he doesn't see anything. And he hears the Count's voice say, good morning. And Jonathan's just like, whoa, buddy, because, uh, you know, he doesn't see anyone in the mirror. This is like a ghost or something. And so he jumps and he cuts his own neck with oh. his shaving uh, blade. Now, the Count grabs his throat, but is repelled once he touches the crucifix. Oh so he's God. like, you know, he's like, mmm, tasty. And then his <laughs> mouth hits the crucifix, and he's like, oh, ouch, it yeah, burns. Be careful, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you didn't tell me you had that ugly necklace on. <laughs> You're not my type. Get out of here. So, so, uh, so far up to this point in the book, it's crazy. You know, um, this one is a little more obvious where the story is going compared to like Jekyll and Hyde. We kept that a secret up until the end, but everyone who's anyone knows that Dracula is a bit of a vampire, but how crazy is that up to this point in the book? We already know he's got the pointy teeth, He's well. I never knew Dracula to have like the strength of twenty men or whatever. But he's got the pointy teeth. He doesn't show a reflection. He like freaks out over the blood. And this is all once again in the first like fifty pages of the book. Uh, I think that's just crazy that so much of that like important vampire lore that everyone knows about today is already like out of the way. Yeah, like. The setup for this story is just, I think it's so good. Yes. Um, it, it really drew me in in the beginning. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Dracula is just so fascinating. The man himself. So, Mr. But yeah, Dracula. Pretty interesting to see all these vampire stereotypes really come out. Um, and so... <laughs> After this, the Count is, uh, he's kind of mad. And he's like, you know, don't. He's like, he tells Jonathan, he's like, you can't be cutting yourself in this country. It's very dangerous out here. And he grabs John's mirror and he throws it out the window. Uh, <laughs> no shame. <laughs> 
and he says uh, he basically tells him you know it's like uh it's so tacky that you have a mirror like this is just you know um so <laughs> it's just vanity like why do you have this and he throws it out and, um it's an interesting point yeah i mean you need a mirror but i suppose in some in some way it is uh technically kind of vain right what are you so busy with looking at your own reflection (laughs) (laughs) yeah why are you looking at yourself and you can look at me yeah (laughs) uh yep uh and jonathan you know he's uh he's really thrown off by all this and he's uh getting breakfast by himself and he notes that dracula hasn't eaten once during his stay um so he's like you know Maybe he eats once he wanders off during the day. Who knows? Um, And Jonathan, he starts to explore the castle, and he finds all the doors locked, and he starts to feel like a prisoner. Oh, my God. From Yeah, from here on out, it's just a mind game, and Jonathan is locked inside this place. At midnight, Jonathan writes back to Mina, his his fiancée, about his conversation he just had with Dracula. And so this just happened. So this is after this conversation, and Dracula he basically went on about the history of his family and how proud he is of his heritage. You know, just getting a little bit uh, maybe too Aryan about his history. You know, he compares himself to, um, like, the Huns and... <sighs> Uh, basically all these fantastic warriors throughout history and it's just like, uh, but nobody's really heard of you. <laughs> you would not know all the pillaging I did, buddy. Yeah, how many throats I have torn apart. Oh, yeah. Uh, Once yep. again, touch him back to who our boy here was ba- uh, based on, Vlad, Vlad Tepesh, Vlad Dracul, Vlad the Impaler. Yep. And, you know, this is a part of the book that I can say there's definitely, you know, it's obvious this is part of the inspiration. Um, You know, these famous battles that he was in and his family is just, you know, very good at being victorious. Crazy. And uh, so he basically tells him to write back home to his boss and wife saying that he will be staying at the castle for another month. Oh my god. I guess yeah, you this wasn't planned at all. No, no, no. Just You're just going to stay in here for the month. What, you don't like my castle? You don't like all the locked doors? <laughs> you don't like how dingy it is? You don't... Listen, um, I've been doing this little therapy and it's why I'm so pale and maybe a little sickly looking. But I haven't been outside in years. And look <laughs> at this body. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, years of working out couldn't get you this, but staying inside in the great indoors, ooh, yes. Oh, that's baby. how you get it. Yep. Um, so Jonathan just doesn't really see a way out of this, so he does this. And Jonathan didn't plan this. Like, he thought maybe a couple nights, if that, oh my God. and he'd just go back to London. But. This is turning out to be a multi-month stay. And he keeps mentioning how at one point, I think we probably got past it uh, at this point, but he like 
abruptly walks into a room where Dracula is like making his bed and that's when he realizes that it's literally just the two of them in the castle Dracula's been doing all the cooking and cleaning and stuff which hey honestly sounds like a cool guy uh part of the time but like you know it's just truly setting in for him now that it's just him and Dracula on Dracula's turf and this guy's literally like you know what? No, you're going to write a couple letters. You're, it's just another month. I got yeah. an awesome castle, and we'll just sit around talking about books. Which, yeah. I mean, I guess that's how some people like to spend their time, but I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, Jonathan got this Airbnb for a private room, and he can't leave the house because his uh, host is just obsessed with him. Um. Yeah, we really don't know John's fate. Like, that's that's what we want to know. Uh, but we just know that it, things aren't looking too good. No. When uh, the Count is about to leave the conversation, he warns Jonathan not to fall asleep in any part of the castle but his own room. Some uh, pretty fun foreshadowing here. Pretty weird. Yep. And so Jonathan places his crucifix on the bed and wanders around the castle. You know, I, I like this. You know, just take that protection off and uh, have a little fun with it. Live on the edge of it. Why not? Um, yeah, what, what could happen? We're here for a good time, not for a long time, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, this is a smart move by Jonathan. And um, so... He looks out this window in the castle. Well, he's looking outside, and he sees something uh, crawling out the window on the castle, and he notices it's Dracula. So just totally casual. Dracula is climbing out this window at night. and Like a bit of a lizard. uh, Yep. And he starts to scale down the wall head first to to just like defying gravity and as if he was a lizard. That's weird. Yep. So Dracula is just doing his morning uh, crawl, I guess you could say, Um, his wall climbing. And uh, Jonathan, once again, is like, all right, what the hell is this guy? Because <laughs> like, Jonathan doesn't know crap about vampires. Dracula sure is confident that Jonathan won't go poking his nose anywhere. Unless yeah. this is all part of the mind games too, perhaps. He knows that he's got him locked in. Well, it, I imagine if you have a guest in your own house, you're still going to do the things that give you joy. Um, oh, honestly, hey. Being a homeowner and having people stay here for days at a time, I definitely, I do, I understand that. You know, not a day goes by, I don't do a little wall climbing or, (laughs) you know, stuff like that in general. Yep, just do a little, um, and and then I'll hop onto my neighbor's houses, you know, scale those. That's pretty cool. It's just fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just fun. Yep, it's a a German thing. Um, So... The next evening, Jonathan explores the castle, and he finds an unlocked door that he opens, and inside the old dusty room, he pulls out a couch, and he's like, you know what, this creepy old room is perfect, let me just uh, crash on it. 
it's pretty interesting how in this part of the book too Jonathan specifically talks about how he's like intentionally falling asleep where Dracula told him not to just to get back at him a little bit in what small way he can yeah it's like his only act of rebellion he can do yep so yeah like he wakes up and it's now nighttime and in the moonlight he can see three beautiful voluptuous women Ooh. with red lips sharp teeth oh and no shadow oh okay 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 one out of three yeah. is not bad though yeah i mean one would have been fine but i mean he pretty much hit the jackpot here oh oh no i'm saying I'm saying like the the beautiful ladies with the big old lips, but then uh, sharp teeth, kind of weird, but no shadow. No, that is particularly, I mean, that's kind of weird. I mean, yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm dating somebody, they have to have a shadow. You know? Honestly, you can't trust um, someone without a shadow. It's just like, what are you, a ghost? I've I've said it once, and I'll say it a thousand more times. <laughs> Do not trust someone without a shadow. <laughs> yeah, I actually. Uh, you know yeah i just can't you know you, you gotta have a shadow that's my only that that's all you need that's yep. all you need um <laughs> and so um he says quote in his head i felt in my heart a wicked burning desire that they would kiss me with those red lips Ooh. <laughs> so jonathan's like Jonathan's just kind of chilling there. He's like, all right, I assumed the position. <laughs> um, Here we are again, uh, though, talking about how it's all it's all fun and games to go joking about the Twilights and how it's whatever, teenage smut, whatever you want to call that. But at the end of the day, uh, there's always just been like a kind of sexual air to vampires, even all the way down to them like sucking the blood straight out of your neck or whatever like they're giving you a damn hickey or something like that yeah even even though these women are like very scary jonathan's like ooh, ooh wow. um i think we've unlocked a new fetish here what a predicament um, i've gotten myself into <laughs> yeah uh, this is nice this is nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, yeah, like, Jonathan, even though he has this fiancé back at home, he is just, you know, he is ready for these women, whatever they're going to do. Like, even if they're about to kill him, he does not care. Yep. Um, and so they're, like, all whispering to each other and laughing to each other, and one of them approaches him, and uh, she moves her mouth close to his neck, and the two teeth start to touch his skin. Oh. Yep, and when this is happening, I think he's about to... He's pulling a Rudy Giuliani Gi uh, in Borat 2, where um, you know he's it. getting his, his pants undone. And, uh, yeah, uh, so he, he's basically ready to have a little fun here. But then Dracula comes in the room, and he ruins it. Oh. Uh he says, get out, get out, um, telling them, quote, when I am done with him, you shall kiss him at your will. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, this is my time to kiss him. You get to kiss him later. Yeah, he literally says, this one belongs to me or something like that. Yeah. Pretty weird. 
Yep, very weird. And once again, we just see this sense of possession that Dracula has over him. But also protection maybe a little bit, but um, he's basically a pawn for Dracula. Um, And disappointed, the women ask if they will have nothing for the night. They're like, oh, come on, boss. Like, don't we get any food for the night? And uh, to that, the count points to a bag that has been... Uh, it has something moving in it, and it sounds like there's a crying child in it. Just this little baby. Uh, and so the women are like, uh, yummy, and they take it and they disappear. <laughs> wow. Yep, and John's just like, I can't tell if I'm dreaming or not, but I am unconscious unconscious right now. Very interesting scene. Um, we've talked about it before with multiple gothic novels where um, it was very popular to critique the, maybe like the sexuality of Victorian London where it's like, you know, very very frowned upon to talk anything about sex to have any type of sex appeal and we see that here where this is uh you know this is pretty this is pretty explicit for back in that day um i'm sure this just was like uh um i don't know maybe maybe seeing um Princess Leia on the screen when she's uh, <laughs> with Jabba the Hutt, you know, in the, yeah. in that uh, bikini costume. Who could forget it? <sighs> yep. Um, also pretty crazy to just be talking about how these vampire ladies are going to go devour a baby. That's pretty crazy, too, I think. Yeah, that part, a little too extreme for me. You know, I thought these were very fun ladies, and then... They seemed nice. Yep. And then just like uh, Lilith, yeah, they're they're gonna go eat a baby, uh, the the vampire that, or I guess the lady that could have been with Adam in the Garden of Eden, Eden, but uh, decided to be her own boss of the underworld. So that's pretty interesting. Why not? Yep. Why not? And so John wakes up the next morning, and he still can't tell if last night was real. He's like, that was too good to be true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what he was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, so a few days later, Dracula, Dracula asks him to write letters saying he is on his way home to his fiance, even though he's clearly not. And he says, date these letters on june 12th the 19th and the 29th even though it's only may 19th so he's basically saying you know um you're gonna write these letters saying that you're on your way home but really you're not oh my god and Uh, he's even coming with like a like strange confidence that's like well yeah i mean you don't want him to be worried that she aren't coming home, so you just write these out, these three letters in advance or whatever, and then uh, we'll just send them right now. So by the time you get to where you are, the letters will say that's where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of planning for this. Like, a lot of predetermined factors and everything. Like, this is Dracula's big plan here. 
He is um, a very fascinating character, that's for sure. Yeah, so articulate. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him. Articulate <laughs> and meticulous and that nice... We've talked about it before, I think. He's got that nice uh, vice grip handshake. Yeah. You can't trust someone with a limp handshake. Exactly. Dracula for president. You heard it here. Why not? Yep. Yep. You need a good handshake, for sure. Um... And yeah, so to this, like Jonathan's like, you know, June 29th, that's when my life ends. And he says, quote, I now know the span of my life. God help me. Wow. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, And some time later, some gypsies approach the castle and John's like, oh, my God. I never wanted to see gypsies in my life, but these ladies are going to save me. Uh, Well, I I guess I can't say ladies. I think gypsies is just a group of people very common in Eastern Europe. Well, just in Europe in general. Right. um, And he's like, all right, I need to write a secret letter to my fiance in hopes of these... um, gypsies send it and so he hands the letter through the bars of his window to these people and later dracula enters the room and he's like all right all right son uh what are these letters um this is ridiculous i've fed you i've clothed you and this is the thanks i get (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've locked you in my house and this is what I get. Um, and he says the letters are quote, an outrage of our friendship. Oh, he hurt his feelings. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, we were friends. Mm -hmm. And he burns the letters right in front of John. So. Ouch. Yep. It seems like it doesn't really say if the gypsies were in cahoots with them or if Dracula just knew the whole time it was all knowing, but he got a hold of these letters. The one little shimmer of hope that he had. Yep, exactly. The message in a bottle, if you will. Oh my god. Send out an SOS. It is now mid-June, and Jonathan witnesses the gypsies offloading these wooden boxes. And it seems like these people are contracted out to the count. Like, they're working for him. Um, so, yeah, he basically gave the letters to uh, these people that have some type of connection to him. Right. And one day, Jonathan just notices that his clothes are missing. Oh. <laughs> he's like, all right, you know, I guess I deserve that. Um dracula i want my clothes back and later he witnesses dracula doing his thing and he's climbing down the castle wall like a lizard but he has john's clothes on (laughs) like this is it's pretty funny you know uh talking about it this way but just actually imagine being in the situation it's pretty yeah everything is just so weird yeah, very weird. Um, but it seems like uh, it. It seems like Dracula is able to take on many different disguises, 
and the more he thinks about it he's like huh I wonder if the carriage driver was Dracula himself, actually, because um, it's evident that he can take on many different disguises, master of disguise. Yep, and right when the carriage driver um, got Jonathan to the castle in the beginning of the book, he hauled off and went into one door, and then, yeah, sure enough, whatever, 15 minutes later, that's when Dracula (laughs) walks out of the other one like, oh, man, that carriage driver sure is some kind of something. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was my twin brother, actually, that you'll mm-hmm. never see again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, let's see. So, yeah, while Dracula is, like, climbing down this wall, he also is carrying a bag like he saw that one sexy night with the three women So that had the baby in it. So... He's like, all right, Dracula's doing his thing. It's obviously not good, so I'm going to keep my business out of it. Safe assumption. Yep, but he's just mystified. And so locked in his depressing prison, he hears the howling of wolves, and soon enough he hears a distressed woman wailing, like just screaming at the top of her lungs crying all this just like a terrible noise and she's saying like to the castle like yelling up quote monster give me my child so yeah this is very creepy and john hears dracula whisper like somewhere in the castle like at the very top and he basically sends this pack of wolves to this woman and they all devour her jesus (sighs) yep and john's like all right that's enough um i guess i need to start planning my escape and john decides to climb the castle walls and he reaches dracula's room so he's scaling these walls he's very desperate And he enters the room, and it's actually empty. Like, it's very empty, except for a pile of gold. And all this gold is from different regions of the world. Yeah, like, just a big, dusty pile of ancient gold. But basically, this gold is a metaphor for greed. Like, we're going to see that vampires are very greedy. You know, they care about sex. They care about their social status and their gold. Yep. Dracula does turn out, as we'll find out more and more as we read the book, he does turn out to be a little greedy. Yep. Yep. Don't be greedy. Come on no. now. Um, and so Jonathan, after exploring the room a little bit more, he discovers a winding staircase that goes down, down, down into a tunnel. And this tunnel is very dark and damp, and it smells like death um it just smells disgusting and like freshly dug ground well there's a callback for you a big old tunnel i don't know that the one in the cask of amontillado stunk like death but uh definitely two stories that involve walking through big tunnels yeah same atmosphere i'd say oh definitely 
Man, so I've looked at a lot of my local grocery stores here. Still oh. cannot find Amontillado. I bet you, though. I bet you <sighs> Dracula has a fine vintage sitting around. Oh, I could see it. He brooded himself it. 400 years ago, and he's just been sitting on it. A fine wine like that, man. Yep. That'd be pretty um, interesting. And, and so he sees, like, several wooden boxes around and he opens one of them like it's obviously like proportioned for like a human body weird and yeah um and once he opens it he finds dracula in it but the weird part is his eyes are wide open oh my god and even though his eyes are wide open like it just looks like he's dead but he's not dead like he's not sleeping or anything like he's just in this state of paralysis <sighs> just charging yeah like just so weird like i didn't think it was this just weird and strange like there's just so much weird stuff yeah wonderful mental imagery from him sitting in his coffin with his eyes wide open to the stagecoach driving around in circles for like an hour or whatever just so much um so much of like the beginning chills you get from this book don't specifically come from being hammered over the head with like big scary dracula sucking the blood it's like what everything means or why uh, things are so strange in the first place or whatever like it's it's a it's a good book yeah, something strange in the neighborhood. Yep. That's all that's all we know. Yep, and it just keeps building and building. Um and so on June 29th, just like in the letter, he said, you know, you're going to date these letters uh whatever, the 12th, the 19th, and the 29th. And Dracula, he says, "You know what, John? We had fun, but the fun is ended. You can leave the next day." But John is like, no, man, like, I want to leave right now. And Dracula is all like, he's, he's like, okay, all right, that is fine. That's all you had but, to say. Uh, uh, yep. It, you didn't have to be so harsh about it. Um, but if you were to leave right now, um, I'm just going to open up my door. And, uh, oh, you see what, what's right behind that door? Oh, it's a big pack of wolves that oh. are ready to eat you, John. John, you don't want to leave today. <laughs> There's a part earlier in here, I think, where we talk about the stagecoach, like um, when they're riding to the castle and the stagecoach gets off to go check out the weird flame. Uh, Jonathan hears what is literally like a ring of wolves around the stagecoach, like completely circular, all facing in towards him and like the... Um, the driver like puts his hand up and it just silences everything so we know right away too yep. that dracula's got like there's obviously the stereotypical stuff sucking blood and turning into a bat or whatever but we're gonna learn that uh there's a lot of powers that dracula has that people may not be so aware of actually the wolf thing i had no idea yeah right just going off of my twilight knowledge i thought there were sworn enemies oh but. yes of course taylor lautner <laughs> and um robert pattinson yep yep and it's so interesting like you know in this book 
um, one or one one of the wolves is played by Taylor Lautner. Crazy. Wow. Yep. 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 Um. So yeah, like Dracula's like once again you have a choice here, um. But if you go outside right now, you're gonna be dinner for these dogs. <laughs> you're definitely gonna get mauled. Yep. It's not gonna. You know, your chances aren't looking too good. And so basically. Dracula is standing between the door or between the outside where the wolves are and between John and he's just looking at him and the way he's looking at John he says quote he's looking at me triumphantly with a smile Judas in hell would be proud of <laughs> stealing yeah, the guitar riff. very cool the, the guitar riff bit but yeah that is that's pretty gnarly yep so Judas would be proud of his uh, his boy Dracula for sure. And so Jonathan returns to his room, but he finds the sexy women there. So he was not dreaming. Those women were real. Oh. And they're just laughing and, you know, pillow fighting and just looking sexy nice. and having a good time. And um, eventually they disappear and he starts to pray for his safety. And the next morning, John climbs down to the Count's room and he finds Dracula sleeping there with his eyes open once again, but there's blood dripping from his mouth. Huh. Yep, just like we're saying in the last episode. Like, there's obviously, like, the corpses, their bodily fluids would come up, but... um. Uh, Dracula, I think there's something more sinister going here. Going I can on see here. that. Uh, um, so Jonathan's like, enough is enough. There's this, you know, perfectly placed shovel over here. I'm going to try taking him out. So he tries to kill him with it, and he slams the shovel right into his face, but it just, like, clinks and bounces off his forehead uh dracula's forehead so it did not work the assassination attempt did not work probably up to this point the scariest part in the book i would think is he's like uh it's officially boiling over this whole situation has finally come to a head of him being imprisoned for like over a month now and uh yeah he specifically thinks about how like this monster has just been ruining lives for ever pretty much probably centuries yeah so i'm just ready to like i've got nothing to lose i'm just gonna try to chop this thing's head off and then yeah he uh (laughs) i i didn't remember it bouncing off his head i thought that um dracula actually like kind of absentmindedly like uh you know bounced away from it or something like that i don't know it's like i said it's been quite a while since i read this part of the book but it's all still yeah most of it's still fresh in my mind my interpretation was like he slams down the shovel and just like slamming it into asphalt or something it has no effect right um that that's what i interpreted as but um yeah basically he's like john's like all right this guy's pretty op i'm just gonna walk on and uh he's like i'm gonna take some of your gold nothing personal and he goes down the castle wall he's like I tried. Yep. (laughs) 
You can't say I didn't. Yep. Um, <laughs> I gave it my all, uh, but not really. And I am heading back to London, baby. But uh, but he ends this entry with goodbye, all. Mina. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Like he uh, he just says goodbye, all, and then he just yells out his wife's name. Um, yeah. Well, he made sure to write this all down before he actually did it, because with the book having no narrator, everything is read from the perspective of who's writing the chapters. And if I'm not mistaken, it's like four or five people, I think. Yeah, yeah for the most part. Pretty strange. Yep. Um, and to give you guys a little teaser here, the next chapter <gasps> was pretty short, um, but this is... For a good chunk of the story, we're going to be following these characters. And so the next chapter covers a series of letters written firstly by Mina, which is Jonathan's fiance, And she's just describing her life as a schoolmistress in London and just kind of just kind of how lonely she is lately. Uh, but she's she's a pretty good character in this. She's um uh pretty independent uh she's she i think she just got done with school and everything and she's uh supporting herself and she is writing to her friend lucy who is a little promiscuous and uh she's currently seeing uh well i guess three men she's seeing a lunatic asylum director (laughs) a rich american man and another man uh, who's a pro or whose proposal she has accepted. Um, but yeah, some very interesting choices here. But she goes with she goes with the man who will be introduced to next episode. <sighs> um, and so the next letter it says it's on a phonograph. So I guess maybe he's doing like voice recordings on a phonograph yes uh, i believe if i'm not mistaken uh at least the one part that where they talk about the phonographs i specifically remember um he talks about how he's speaking into one so that he can later record what he was saying into his journal Ah, uh, okay not too not too different from you know i mean i i just think about like halloween and his his doctor um uh mike uh oh you're talking about sam loomis yeah sam loomis yeah that guy there's something interesting for you too i guess i always knew the word phonograph but now that i'm looking it up right now um it's literally it's one of those like big brass tube things that uh you see in all the old commercials or whatever with the record on it i guess you just talk into the oh yeah funnel i guess you talk into the giant funnel and that records it onto the uh the record for you which is kind of fun yeah very neat very neat made by thomas edison but yeah so the next letter is like i guess yeah like a voice recording and it's by the lunatic asylum director that we mentioned earlier that lucy kind of has an affair with here and it is dr seward and Dr. Seward, you know, he's pretty upset that Lucy isn't liking him back. No. Um, but he's like, you know what? I got this new 
mysterious patient. Uh, he's very dangerous, and he goes by the name of Renfield. So, um, another great. Yeah, name. we'll find out more about these characters next week. So, uh, yeah, very interesting stuff here. I th- I th- I just think the setup for this story is amazing. Um, the way like the architecture is described how dracula is just so creepy and so articulate is very interesting and there's just some stuff i had no idea like i still don't know how this story will end yep um going into this pretty blindly like i don't know anything about dracula beyond the mythic you know the the stereotypes and all that so right Um, very fun and so crazy. I mean, it'll it'll take actually reading the book or listening to a little bit more of the series to understand how crazy it is, though, that this starts off with, like, Jonathan's little chunk there. It's the first, like, 50 pages or something, I would say. Um, and it starts off literally just hits the ground running. And now that we're done with that part of the book, it's going to be hundreds of pages until we get to, like... Um, the main crux of the story it, he really starts you bram stoker starts you off with the real exciting stuff and i'm not saying that i don't like what's coming in our probably your next two or three episodes i'm not saying that i don't like it but it definitely <laughs> slows down a little bit it slows down but it's like a slow burn it's like yes if if you like that that's great if not we're gonna try to make it digestible <laughs> oh i'm sure it'll be just fine yeah so um but yeah we will be back next week with that um same dracula time same dracula place yep uh different week same vampire Uh, so yep uh thank you guys so much for listening and uh yeah it's been one year crazy that is pretty crazy Uh, thanks for being with us for one year for those first time listeners and if you've uh just joined us hey welcome um it's uh it's a fun ride well if i had any foresight i would say that we we probably should have um talked a little bit about crime and punishment or something or just a year of podcast but uh maybe we'll get something figured out some other time i don't know either way um this is definitely uh a cool book to make our mark with after one year or something i guess because we've already covered a few like um we've already talked about a few more i don't know about obscure classics but i think of like the hellbound heart or a clockwork orange that those aren't so completely in the cultural zeitgeist book wise i guess everyone knows hellraiser and the movie a clockwork orange and stuff but we've talked about Frankenstein up to this point and we've talked about one floor of the cuckoo's nest and we started the whole thing off with talking about Dostoevsky's crime and punishment and stuff like that so uh it's kind of cool that um our one year anniversary or whatever is marked with another huge classic yeah for sure yep we do all the classics we we got about 50 years left of podcast in us and i'm sure that we can at least scratch the surface by then 
Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> if maybe. we start churning out uh, 50 episodes a day, maybe I was gonna we'll say. get, uh, you know, maybe 0.01% of one, all books. One book a week, perhaps. Oh, yep. my God. Ooh, there's something. Getting, getting oh. a peek behind the curtain a little bit for anyone that might uh might be interested for whatever reason i remember back when we were talking about starting this this damn thing uh that was my thing i was like all right i, I want to talk about books because i already read books so that's fine and dandy it was your idea but i was like yeah books sound like a good idea but first things first you could not pay me enough to read a book in a week and um <laughs> even when it does feel like i'm gonna be completely behind by the time we get to covering things uh it hasn't happened to me up to this point so i'm probably in the clear uh but you never do know never say never as i always say i just coined as that phrase. justin bieber would say yep i think he put out a song like that um but yeah exactly yep and here we, we are uh, here we are one Still, year later Still trying to figure out how my microphone works. <laughs> yep, aren't we all? <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Trouble with that podcast, you call me. Of course. You know. Oh yeah. I can always do nothing with it. <laughs>